0: Hi everybody, welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today we're going to begin with Day 200, July 18, Isaiah 17-20, Collapse from Corruption. Overview, Damascus, Ethiopia, and Egypt are next to feel the hot blast of Isaiah's burdens of judgment. The glory of Damascus will be removed leaving behind leanness of body and soul. But a handful will repent and, like the gleanings from an olive tree, provide hope for a future harvest. Ethiopia, though, tall in stature and smooth of skin, will be pruned away like branches and one day return to Zion to pay homage to God and acknowledge Him as their sovereign. Egypt will experience civil war economic ruin, and spiritual poverty, showing the bankruptcy of Egypt's false gods. But one day, the Lord Almighty will declare, Blessed be Egypt, my people. 1925. Chapter 17. Doom for Damascus. Removal. Chapter 18. Pruning for Ethiopia. Reproof. Chapter 19. Infamy for Egypt. Reproof. Chapter 20 enemies for Egypt, reproof. Insight, human saviors versus God with us, Isaiah 17.10. Israel's citizens and kings kept turning to everyone but God for help, 17.10, including Aram, Assyria, their own authors, and anyone else they could make an alliance with. This was a tragic irony for those described as the people of Emmanuel, God with us. See chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. Insight Old Testament POWs, Isaiah 22 to 4. As part of his judgment on Egypt, God instructed Isaiah to dress like a prisoner of war, unclothed and barefoot for three years. Chapter 22 to 4 as a sign of the calamity God was going to bring upon Egypt. Isaiah chapter 17, a message about Damascus in Israel. This message came to me concerning Damascus. Look, the city of Damascus will disappear. It will become a heap of ruins. The towns of Arar will be deserted. Flocks will graze in the streets and lie down undisturbed with no one to chase them away. The fortified towns of Israel will also be destroyed, and the royal power of Damascus will end. All that remains of Syria will share the fate of Israel's departed glory, declares the Lord of Heaven's armies. In that day, Israel's glory will grow dim, its robust body will waste away. The whole land will look like a grain field. After the harvesters have gathered the grain, it will be desolate, like the fields in the valley of Rephram, after the harvest. Only a few of its people will be left, like stray olives left on a tree after the harvest. Only two or three remain in the highest branches, four or five scattered here and there on the limbs declares the Lord, the God of Israel. Then at last, the people will look to their creator and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will no longer look to their idols for help or worship what their own hands have made. They will never again bow down to their Asherah poles or worship at the pagan shrines they have built. Their large cities will be like a deserted forest, like the land the Hivites and Amorites abandoned. When the Israelites came here so long ago, it will be utterly desolate. Why? Because you have turned from the God who can save you. You have forgotten the rock who can hide you. So you may plant the finest grapevines and import the most expensive seedlings. They may sprout on that day you set them out. Yes, they may blossom on the very morning you plant them. But you will never pick any grapes from them. Your only harvest will be a load of grief and unrelieved pain. Listen, the armies of many nations roar like the roaring of the sea. Hear the thunder of the mighty forces as they rush forward like thundering waves. But though they thunder like breakers on a beach, God will silence them and they will run away. They will flee like chaff scattered by the wind, like the tumbleweed whirling before a storm. In the evening Israel waits in terror, but by dawn its enemies are dead. This is the just reward of those who plunder us, a fitting end for those who destroy us. Isaiah chapter 18, a message about Ethiopia. Listen, Ethiopia, land of fluttering sails that lies at the headwaters of the Nile that sends ambassadors in swift boats down the river. Go swift, messengers. Take a message to a tall, smooth-skinned people who are feared far and wide for their conquests and destruction and whose land is divided by rivers. All you people of the world, everyone who lives on the earth, when I raise my battle flag on the mountain, look. When I blow the ram's horn, listen, for the Lord has told me this. I will watch quietly from my dwelling place as quietly as the heat rises on a summer day, or as the morning dew forms during the harvest. Even before you begin your attack, while your plans are ripening like grapes, the Lord will cut off your new growth with pruning shears. He will snip off and discard your spreading branches. Your mighty army will be left dead in the fields for the mountain vultures and wild animals. The vultures will tear at the corpses all summer. The wild animals will gnaw at the bones all winter. At that time, the Lord of Heaven's armies will receive gifts from this land divided by rivers, from this tall, smooth-skinned people who are feared far and wide for their conquests and destruction. They will bring the gifts to Jerusalem where the Lord of heaven's armies dwells. Isaiah chapter 19, a message about Egypt. This message came to me concerning Egypt. Look, the Lord is advancing against Egypt, riding on a swift cloud. The idols of Egypt tremble. The hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. I will make Egyptian fight against Egyptian, brother against brother neighbor against neighbor, city against city, province against province. The Egyptians will lose heart, and I will confuse their plans. They will plead with their idols for wisdom and call on spirits, mediums, and those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will hand Egypt over to a hard, cruel master. A fierce king will rule them says the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. The waters of the Nile will fail to rise and flood the fields. The riverbed will be parched and dry. The canals of the Nile will dry up, and the streams of Egypt will stink with rotting reeds and rushes. All the greenery along the riverbank and all the crops along the river will dry up and blow away. The fishermen will lament for lack of work. Those who cast hooks into the Nile will groan, and those who use nets will lose heart. There will be no flax for the harvesters, no thread for the weavers. They will be in despair, and all the workers will be sick at heart. What fools are the officials of Zon? Their best counsel to the king of Egypt is stupid and wrong. Will they still boast of pharaoh of their wisdom? Will they dare brag about all their wise ancestors? Where are your wise counselors, pharaoh? Let them tell you what God plans, what the Lord of heaven's armies is going to do to Egypt. The officials of Zon are fools, and the officials of Memphis are deluded. The leaders of the people have led Egypt astray. The Lord has sent a spirit of foolishness on them, so all their suggestions are wrong. They cause Egypt to stagger like a drunk in his vomit. There is nothing Egypt can do. All are helpless, the head and the tail, the noble palm branch and the lowly reed. In that day, the Egyptians will be as weak as women. They will cower in fear, beneath the upraised fist of the Lord of heaven's armies. Just to speak the name of Israel will terrorize them, for the Lord of heaven's armies has laid out his plans against them. In that day, five of Egypt's cities will follow the Lord of heaven's armies. They will even begin to speak Hebrew, the language of Canaan. One of these cities will be Heliophilus, the city of the sun. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the heart of Egypt, and there will be a monument to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness that the Lord of heaven's armies is worshipped in the land of Egypt. When the people cry to the Lord for help against those who oppress them, he will send them a Savior who will rescue them. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. Yes. They will know the Lord and will give their sacrifices and offerings to him. They will make a vow to the Lord and will keep it. The Lord will strike Egypt and then he will bring healing. For the Egyptians will turn to the Lord and he will listen to their pleas and heal them. In that day, Egypt and Assyria will be connected by a highway. The Egyptians and Assyrians will move freely between their lands and they will both worship God. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth. For the Lord of heaven's armies will say, Blessed be Egypt, my people. Blessed be Assyria, the land I have made. Blessed be Israel, my special possession. Isaiah chapter 20 A message about Egypt and Ethiopia in the year when King Sargon of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief to capture the Philistine city of Ashdod, the Lord told Isaiah, son of Amos, Take off the burlap you have been wearing and remove your sandals. Isaiah did as he was told and walked around naked and barefoot. Then the Lord said, My servant Isaiah has been walking around naked and barefoot for the last three years. This is a sign, a symbol of the terrible troubles I will bring upon Egypt and Ethiopia. For the king of Assyria will take away the Egyptians and Ethiopians as prisoners. He will make them walk naked and barefoot, both young and old, their buttocks bare, to the shame of Egypt. Then the Philistines will be thrown into panic for they counted on the power of Ethiopia and boasted of their allies in Egypt. They will say, if this can happen to Egypt, what chance do we have? We are counting on Egypt to protect us from the king of Assyria. My daily war. The case is presented. The jury recesses. A verdict is reached. Guilty as charged. But then the trial takes an unexpected twist. The presiding judge also happens to be the criminal's father. And just before his son reaches the bar, the judge steps down, takes off his robe, and pays the fine for his guilty son. Justice and mercy. That story illustrates a divine truth. The judge would not have been just if he had allowed his son to go free. For his love caused him to take his son's place in paying the fine. The same is true of God. He would not be just if he ignored the sins committed against him. For in his great love, he gave the gift of his son to pay the price for our sins. Isaiah 14, 1-8 is a message of mercy inserted between many dark chapters of judgment. God is just but he also shows love towards all who trust him. In his love, he has provided the answer to our sin problem, a savior, 11.10. Mercy without justice becomes unmerciful. Justice without mercy, unjust. So true. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Have a great day and keep up the good work. And God bless. And I will see you tomorrow, Lord willing, peace.